This is Football CFB, the home of unique football content. I never told you You scared off the vultures I never told you You scared off the ghosts living in my head That lay lonely in the dirt That To rewind back to the start with you, what was it like coming through um, into football? Because I believe you were at Arsenal as a kid and then went over to Fulham. Yeah, I was at Arsenal as a kid. Uh, they took me out of my secondary school, so I ended up going to the Arsenal school uh, from about 13 till, till YTS times. I think scholarship now, but it was YTS back in my day. So uh, I went to their Arsenal. Uh, they offered me a YTS, but at the time... It was known that if you played, if you got into the England schoolboys, you got a pro. Um, I didn't seem to get one, and Fulham were there at the time, and they offered me a pro contract, so I ended up going over to Fulham. But being at Arsenal, there was a lot of players um, my age and above me that were very good players, would get nowhere near, would get nowhere near the first team. So um, it was a decision I made uh, to leave. It was a big one. Uh, Fulham had just been promoted to the Championship uh, Premier League at that time, so. Um, I knew that they would uh, it'd be an easier easier way to get into the to the first team. What was what was it like at Fulham in terms of the coaching and the pathway to the first team? Sorry, mate, cracking up. Well, um, what was it like at Fulham, and what was the pathway to the first team like? Yeah, it was good at Fulham. We had a good uh, reserve team manager at the time, Steve Keane. We went on to manage um, Blackburn um, and Chris Coleman at the time uh, took over from John Tigana. So um, I was playing reserve team football. I was captain uh, of the reserves. And then I got a chance to play in a cup game uh, against Wigan with a few of the other boys. And then I ended up going to make my first team uh, debut against Charlton, actually, at the Valley. I come on for Barry Owls for the last 20 minutes of the game. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's gone round, uh, well, a nice way to be at Charlton now. But, um, yeah, the first team opportunity come, I think Sean Davis at the time was out of the, out of the team at Fulham uh, and he was playing reserve team football. And uh, Coleman come to watch a couple of times and I've done well in the reserves and that's how I got my chance, uh, I believe. In terms of... Yourself, when you were younger, you weren't scared to go out and loan. You had a couple of spells at Brentford. Just how important is a loan spell when you're making your way in the game to get first team under your belt? Uh, massive. Uh, my first loan was at Brentford. I remember I come into the canteen at Fulham and uh, my manager at the time, Paul Nevin, said, oh, there's a, a man manager, Martin Allen, on the phone show. He's a bit crazy, uh, <laughs> but he wants to take you on loan. So uh, I never heard of Martin before and I spoke to him and he said that he wanted me to come up um, on the day to Hartlepool. Um, so I had to fly up there to Newcastle and meet him. And um, yeah, he was, a, he was a great character to go and play for. I love that, Martin Allen. Um, if you work hard for him, he, uh, he loves you. But I think, like you said there, I think it's massive to go, go out and get an opportunity if you're not playing at your home club. I think that's what spurred me on to actually leave Fulham in the end. I was playing in front of a crowd. Um, I was there for a couple of months. 
Uh, I had a song. Um, I was playing with first team where there was an actual meaning behind the game, where you had to win. People had to pay mortgages, so there's more of a responsibility. Um, and I think once you go out and you play in front of that crowd, you, you don't want to go back and play reserve team football. Um, so for any young lad, I think if you're not in your first team or in around the first team, go out and get that experience, and you, you won't look back. Even if you're going to stay at the club, that you're really, you come back with a confidence that you should be in the first team rather than sitting around playing 23s football. So, um, yeah, that, that was that was um, the biggest thing that I did at that time because there's a lot of good players in my age group, but Fulham that didn't go and ended up falling out of the game. They didn't have a career in the game. You, you talked about Martin Allen there and, and the fact he's known has been quite crazy. What was he like as a manager on the training field and what was a team talk of his like? Because I imagine he was quite passionate. It was good on the training field, to be fair. We used to do shooting before training, so if you wanted to do shooting, you had to come in a bit earlier. Um, so he was good like that. Um, he wanted the boys to go out and play, and obviously sort of play the way he did, getting people's faces um, and be aggressive. Uh, the first team talk I was in, is uh, half-time was a bit crazy. Um, he come into the change room and he sits in a chair, puts a chair in the middle of the change room, and he takes his top off. And he just sits there calmly, breathing, and I was sort of thinking, oh, what's going on there? Like, is this, is this normal? So he sits there and then he's calm. He starts speaking. And then if you're losing, uh, the tactic boards can take a little bit of a hammering. <laughs> it's the first thing that goes and he can get in your face. But uh, like I said, he was brilliant for me. Um, he gave me the opportunity. And if it wasn't for him, I don't think I would have probably had a career in the game. So he's the first one who took a, a big chance on me. You mentioned the fact he takes a chance. Brentford take that chance. You're playing games. You don't want to go back to reserve team football. You, you talked there earlier about that spurred you on to leave Fulham in the end. When you went back there, was it just a case of, well, I didn't break in before. I've went my loan spells. I've got used to playing and I fancy a new challenge. Yeah, well, well I spoke to Chris Coleman. Uh, he was quite honest with me. He said that I can't guarantee you're going to play um, being in and around the first team. So, once you, like I said, once I've been out on loan, uh, I didn't want to go back. It would have been a backward step for me to go back there and sit there in the reserve. So um, I did actually want to sign for Brentford, but Martin Allen at the time, the budget they couldn't afford me um, or afford anyone to be fair to bring in to uh, to come. And Swansea come in for me. So Swansea come in to me, come in for me um, in my second loan spell. But I had such a great time with the people down at uh, Brentford. I wanted to go back and play with them players again. And Swansea ended up putting in the bid. Um, Coleman was obviously from up that way, so he knew of Swansea. He spoke to me and said um, it would be a good club for me. And uh, yeah, I ended up going up to uh, up to Swansea. In terms of going there, that obviously Swansea had been based in Wales. Was was there any apprehension at all? <laughs> yeah, massively. Um, I'm a London boy. Uh, I moved into Diggs when I went from when I uh, left Arsenal to Fulham, and that was a bit of a shock to me because I was living with a family who were great uh, I still speak to now um, but then to go up to Wales I was thinking oh my god like, what's going to happen here like, I, I, I had a house uh, I didn't, I didn't like, obviously I was going to live in a hotel for a bit so that was a, a, a big step for me but I went up there on the day uh, my agent said that we're going to go up there and have a look around and we got up there and back within a couple of hours so I thought oh it's not too bad um, on my day off I can come back down but when I went up there and saw that they had a new stadium at the time, the Liberty Stadium, um, it was lovely. Uh, Kenny wanted to sign me. Um, I played against uh, Swansea in the playoffs. Brentford, we actually lost in the semi-final to them. So I knew what a good team they had. Um, and they wanted to get into the championship. So 
in the end, it was a no-brainer. Massive stadium, good players. And, uh, um, yeah, I loved it up there, to be fair. So it's a lovely place to go and live. You mentioned Kenny Jackett there when you go into Swansea. What was he like with you when you came in? Because he's another manager who has, has had good spells in his career and he's always there or thereabouts when it comes to jobs and, and promotions, especially from League One in particular. Yeah, he was brilliant with me. Um, his pre-season was tough, very tough. Uh, probably the hardest one I've ever had. So um, he wanted me to come in and play. Uh, they just um, got rid of Roberto Martinez that, that year. So I think they wanted to get someone uh, in with a little bit more legs uh, into midfield. So he, want, he brought me in there. And at the time, early on, um, I think a month into the, the season, uh, our captain at the time, Gary Monk, got injured. So um, he called me into the office quite early and, and made me captain while, while Gary was out. So that was a, a massive honour for me. Uh, I think I was 21 at the time to go into Swansea and, and go in and captain the club. And there was a lot of senior pros that had been there a long time. So um, he showed a lot of faith in me as well. So, um, yeah, I'm obviously grateful to Kenny. Still speaks with him now. In terms of Roberto Martinez, the manager, when he comes in, what was he like at that period? Because obviously we know him as a Belgian manager, Everton, Wigan, but he was just kind of starting out then. So, so what was he like back then? Could you tell that he would, he would go on to the top? Did he have those characteristics from a very early stage? Yeah, um, I, I didn't know Roberto before I went in. I met him once with the boys in Debenhams. Uh, they used to go there for a coffee, so he'd come and met us one time. And then a couple of months later, he got the job. So I think I was injured when he first came in uh, for the last couple of months of the season. And then we started afresh the, the pre-season. And his ideas, the way we played football, um, was something I've never seen before. Um, he'd done a good thing and got a buy-in from the fans straight away because to play that type of football, you need the buy-in because we was playing at the back, using our keeper. And nowadays, if you go backwards... Um, <laughs> You can get booed, but Swansea, we had that buy-in. Brought in some very good players. Um, he had a good assistant with him as well, Graham Jones, who's who just left Luton. He was sort of like a uh, bad cop. Roberto was a good cop, uh, calm. Graham Jones was uh, aggressive, angry, uh, wanted the best out of everyone. And uh, they were a good team. And the way we, the team we had then and the way he got us playing was um, something that had never been seen. To be fair, Doncaster in the same league at that time were playing good football. But um, I think we was uh, very good. Something I'm intrigued to ask you from your experience, being on loan at Brentford when they were late in League One, playing at Swansea within League One. See, when you get promoted and go to the Championship, what's the difference between the Championship and League One? Is there a massive difference? Uh, back then at the time, um, it was to get into the Championship, it was like, oh, like it's going to be so much harder. It's going to be uh, the quality so different. But with the team we got up with uh, at Swansea, um, if anything, it was a bit easier than League One. League One, uh, 100 miles an hour, uh, everyone brats around, uh, not as much quality as the Championship. The Championship will let you have the ball uh, a bit more and sit off you. Um, and I think League One was probably harder than uh, the Championship, to be honest with that team, because we were a footballing team um, that suited us better. Uh, teams would sit off us. Um, and let us play, whereas League One would just be all over you, everyone could run, so it was a lot tougher. I didn't think there was much difference, to be honest, I just thought the quality, um, probably at the top end, was, was probably a little bit better. You, you, you referenced Gary Monk earlier on, 
what was he like as a player at that time? Because clearly his immense leadership skills, as we've seen as he's been on to be a manager. Yeah, uh, yeah, he was a great leader. He was, um, you could tell then, back then, uh, from what well, I don't know if he was around 30 at that time. Um, I don't know if he was doing his badges and that, but you could tell he was a leader. We, uh, if, if we weren't doing things right, he'd be upset, uh, moaning. I remember one pre season, uh, Paolo Sosa come in and he didn't like to run. He used to say that no one can run quicker than the ball, so we're not going to run. And then Gary Monk would be on the beach, was in Portugal running because he'd say he's not going to be fit enough so that's the kind of leadership you had he was well liked around the club the boys uh, used to go to him and uh, you knew he'd go on to have a career we had quite a few good leaders in that team to be honest um, Alan Tate who's gone on to be the Swansea assistant now he was a leader um, Leon Britton was a leader as well um, and there was a few few boys in there that uh, demanded the best of everyone In terms of Paolo Sosa coming in what was it like working with him? Because obviously he won the Champions League a couple of times as a player, won kind of major European honours. You mentioned the running aspect. Was his style of coaching completely different to what you'd experienced before? Uh, yeah, he wanted to play football, but it was a bit more relaxed um, than what we had with Roberto. As I said in pre-season, you don't normally do set pieces in an afternoon session um, and get told not to run. So in terms of that, that was a little bit different. But um, Paolo, uh, I really enjoyed playing under Paolo to be honest with you um, I ended up being top goal scorer that season when he came in um, I was injured at the time and I think what was good with him is his man management um, I had a operation at the time uh, on my shoulder I hadn't played for him uh, since he came in and he, uh, when I woke up from the operation he was the first person uh, by my bedside um, in, in Cardiff so he didn't have to come there training the next day and he sat and he spoke to me about his life and what he'd been up to. And I thought that was great, um, especially as a man management. He just said, he treated me as a human being rather than a player, like you're injured, uh, you know, good to me. And I think uh, that was probably one of his biggest traits. That, that's a great story. And just in, on, on the, the topic of injuries, as fans, we, we see oh, Darren Prattley injured today or whatever player that is injured today or injured for a few weeks. And we just see that as a team sheet. But actually living through an injury what's that like mentally and physically because we don't see the rehab all we see as I say is the team sheet side of it yeah it's hard very tough you're on your own um, you're in the so when you come in in the morning you're in before the boys and you're leaving uh, a lot later than the other lads yeah, they come in you have they obviously have the banner room the change room and they go out to train so they have their little release to go out and train sometimes if it's a leg injury you're on crutches you can't move um, so it's, it is tough. You don't feel like you're part of the team. Um, you feel like uh, a bit of a burden. You're hanging about. Um, you can't really affect it. You can't help your team, especially the team losing as well. And it's tough. It's tough. You have to be mentally tough to get through it. Um, I've always given myself a week to sort of digest my uh, injury. If I've had a long-term injury and then go and uh, attack it from there. So I, I do extra stuff like swimming in the morning. Uh, before I have to go in for my rehab and make sure that I come back fitter than what I am. Uh, so it, it is tough for any lad. Um, and I, I can see where a lot of people would struggle with the, the mental health side of that because you feel like you're not part of it. And you feel like uh, yeah, you're a waste of space, basically. I, I can I, thank you for opening up on that because, as I say, the, the, the injury side is something that I think, as I say, as fans, we don't really fully appreciate. 
following Paulo Sosa, um, Brendan Rogers comes in. And before we talk about Brendan, I just want to ask you about the, the Cardiff-Swansea derbies because you've scored in those games, you've scored a brace in those games. What was it like playing against Cardiff? Because the atmosphere is electric when you watch it on TV, never mind what it must be like playing in it. Yeah, massive games. Uh, I really enjoyed them, to be fair. I've, I've scored quite a few goals, I think three or four in five games. So, really enjoyed it. Um, the town, uh, the week before leading up to that game, wherever you go, don't lose the game, don't lose the game. Uh, I think in my first game, they told me to do this, obviously the celebration that I did, not knowing too much about it and the history and that, uh, which I ended up doing, um, which, uh, yeah, the Cardiff fans don't like me for um, now. But that's what all, that's all it is. They're so passionate. Uh, they they hate each other. They do really hate each other. Um, so yeah, they they were great games to play in, and I was lucky enough to to be on the winning side of some of them and uh, to score the winning goals, like you said. One goal in particular I've got to ask you about. We'll come to soon. Is the goal in the playoffs because I really really I, I remember watching it and when when I started this and you said you would come on, I was delighted because I really want to ask you about that. Mm-hmm. But before we come to that. I mentioned Brendan there. What was it like when he came in? Because, again, we all know another one like Roberto. We know he's went on to with Liverpool, uh, Celtic, Leicester. But when he came into Swansea, he had a lot to prove because he went through a tough spell at Reading as well. Yeah. Um, and I think he grew, uh, if I'm being honest. As he first come in, um, I don't think he was as confident as he, well, as he is now. I know for, for, for definitely he wasn't. Um, I thought he grew because um, he, he had a side at Reading um, where I don't think they'd done too well. And like you said, he got a sack. Um, yeah. Didn't know too much about him personally, to be honest. Um, but when he come in, his training and that was was the best I've seen. And I've trained with Roberto and Roberto got in some good sessions. But Brendan's sessions were planned. You'd have um, everything was on the clock. So even when you go and have a water, uh, like a water break, that's timed, and then you go on to the next section. The next section, we plan one touch football, one touch possession. Like most of us have not been nowhere near that. Thinking like one one touch possession, how are we supposed to do that? And at first, we were rusty, and then when we got used to it, we was good. So uh, Brendan was a uh, very good. He's um, his knowledge of the game is great. Um, he was good with us, um, and even towards me up in his spell, I was left out a few times in uh, Brendan's spell because. Uh, a bit with my contract situation with Swansea um, when I when it was coming to an end and I was going to leave. We can speak about that in a minute if you want to. And um, a bit with we had young lads coming up, Joe Allen, uh, Leon that were doing well, and uh, Stephen Dobie as well that were playing. So uh, Brendan, Brendan was brilliant when he came in, and I, I wasn't surprised that he went on to a, a big club like Liverpool. And um, he's doing great at Leicester now. Um, but he can really, really go to the top because uh, the way he is, the way he is with his players, they, they, you want to play for him. He's got a great personality. The boys love him. You can see, you can tell with that by all, all the teams he's been at. Um, if you see pictures of him when he's at training, he's laughing and joking with the players, but he's serious at the same time. So um, I'm not surprised that Brendan's gone on and done what he's done. In terms of that contract situation, see when it comes to a point where you're going to move on, or it looks as if you're going to move on, but they're still part of the season to play. You, you mentioned that was an issue at times. How is that handled by yourself as the player and also Brendan as the manager? Because when you've got a player who is leaving, if they're good enough to be on the part which you were, it's important that you still get them on and don't lose them early. Yeah, 
it was a bit gutting in, in the way I left Swansea, to be honest. Um, wanted to stay, loved it up there. Uh, bought my first house, uh, really enjoyed the football. Uh, Brendan come in and um, Brendan wanted to give me a contract. And I said to Brendan, I'll sign a contract. Uh, we agreed with the chairman at the time. And then um, I went in to sign uh, the contract with the chairman and it was completely different to what we said. So obviously I didn't sign it. And then uh, I was shopping one day in actually Cardiff. Um, There's no fans around, so I didn't see me. But uh, I was shopping in Cardiff and Brendan, Brendan had rang me and said, uh, get yourself to the stadium. Uh, the chairman's uh, got the contract for you. We saw it. So got in the car, drove back to the stadium. Same thing again. The contract was uh, completely different to what we agreed. So I said, in the end, um, we'll leave that. We'll leave it to the end of the season. And then obviously we had... Um, other clubs come come in for us and speak to you. Um, your agent uh, obviously speaks to other clubs. And we've heard of different teams coming in. And then Brendan, uh, we played the player final. And then Brendan at the time rang me um, after the final and said, oh, but perhaps, uh, do you want to sign? I said, oh, Brendan, I, I would have signed. I wanted to sign at the time, but um, I've agreed to go somewhere else. And he said, oh, no worries. I wish you all the best. And, uh, and that was it. But I was gutted. I never wanted to leave Swansea at the time. But um, for whatever reason, the chairman uh, didn't give well, did, didn't give the contract that he said, and uh, ended up moving on. So um, yeah, it was a bit it was a bit hard because um, I was in and out of the team at that time. I don't know. It could be performance. I don't know. Whether, uh, I don't think my head was turned anyway. Uh, I was still going to give 100. percent I was still scoring goals. And I scored 12 goals in that season from being in and out. Um, yeah, I was actually gutted uh, in that semi-final. To be honest, with you. before that, not in the first goal. I remember because I'm, I'm someone who's quite a little bit superstitious. I always have a little sleep in the afternoon before a night game. Uh, and that day, I was sitting outside. My, my missus was uh, cleaning the car. I was sitting outside on the drive and just throwing stones at the wall because I was just frustrated. I knew I wasn't starting, um, and I, I was upset. And I went to the game, uh, not really thinking, not. Not too bothered to be honest, and then I come on. Uh, I think Nottingham Forest started to get on top, and I ended up coming on, um, coming on, and then obviously yeah, got the goal, and uh, yeah, the rest was history. In terms of that goal, talk me through it because, as I say, I just vividly remember it. The ball coming to you, halfway line, bang! And it was just, it just scenes. It was just unbelievable. Yeah, um, McGugan went up for a volley. And obviously missed it, uh, and then I had a touch at my feet, and I knew the, the left back at the time was chasing me down, and I knew he, he if I run all the way, he'd probably catch me because I'm not the quickest player in the world. Um, and I could hear the fans say, "Shoot, shoot, shoot!" So I've looked up and looked, but then I was close to Brendan Rodgers. I could see Brendan Rodgers in my eye telling me to run it into the corner. So um, I, I had another touch, and then I looked up and I thought, oh, uh, the goalkeeper's off his line. I'm going to try it." But I remember Gaza, um, Gaza. At half-time in one of the games, uh, I think it might have been at Everton, he was trying to knock the ball from the halfway line into the goal. And he was striking it with his laces and he missed a few times. Um, and I thought to myself, oh, like, I don't know why he's not just curling it. Uh, why don't he, It's an easier technique. So I thought it, when I was there, I, 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 well, probably at the time, I thought I'm going to have to try and curl this because if I lace it, it go anywhere. So I've, I've ended up curling it and it's gone... Uh, Central of the goal, and luckily gone in. But if I didn't see that Gaza um, at halfway. It was a game against Everton, um, halfway line, trying to do it for charity or something, trying to score it. If I didn't see him do that, then I would probably would have used my laces. So 
it was a good thing that I saw Gazzo um, do that just before. And, and in terms of that goal, when you score a goal like that, I mean, scoring any goal is great, but with a goal like that, it's still, still talked about now, so it must give you immense pride. Yeah, at the time you don't really realise because it was just, uh, obviously everyone's buzzing, moves down to Wembley. Uh, but now when you look back to, yeah, to, to be in the halfway line club, even though the goalkeeper wasn't in goal, um, and in the semi-final, um, it's, it's probably a lot harder technique than what um, people would think in the in the situation I was in, the timing of, of the game. Uh, not enforced for coming back into the game. Um, so, uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a tough technique and I was just, obviously, there's no better way, if I'm going to leave Swansea, there's no better way to leave on that night. Going into the playoff final, how did Brendan prepare the team that week and also how disappointed were you not to start the game? Uh, yeah, in the semi-final at home, so towards the back end of my career uh, at Swansea, I was playing in the away games uh, and the away game we done in team shape uh, for Forrest and I wasn't in it so I went into his office and said to him like well you don't play me in the home games I'm not playing at this way game uh, I'm, I'm frustrated obviously I was disappointed and I let him know uh, and I said oh, like, I'm, I'm very very frustrated uh, annoyed uh, and he knew that and he just said oh, go on make sure you get on the bus and come with us so I went with him up to obviously the city ground I didn't come on that day didn't play so um you know, and didn't play in the, the home leg as well. So we went to a hotel before and Brendan called me, called my room at the time and told me to come in to come and see him. And he said, uh, he took on board what I said last time, not letting me know about playing. And he said to, uh, he said to me, uh, I'm not going to play you in the final. I'm going to play Stephen Dovey, uh, a bit more attacking. Um, and uh, I said to him, I, pr- I appreciate that. Thank you for letting me know. That's what I want. And I said, to be honest, Brendan, the main thing is that we get promoted and we hugged each other and, and that was it. And then I knew I wasn't playing. But I think from not, tell, from not sort of telling me uh, the week before, well, a couple of weeks before um, in the game at the city ground, um, we both learned that what we both wanted, we wanted to know that whether we'd be involved or not. And um, I, I was happy from then. Once, uh, once um, I knew the team, uh, I was fully behind the team. I was gutted. I wanted to start at Wembley. Um, which uh, I never thought would happen again. I was lucky enough to do that with Charlton. But, um, I was gutted, but I wanted my teammates to do well. I wanted them to be Premier League players. They deserve to do that. And I was happy for Stephen Dobie as well, because he's a good friend of mine, uh, Dobie. And I was so happy that he scored. And when he scored, he came over and celebrated with me in that game. So um, I was happy for him. Uh, obviously, gutted I didn't start, but the main thing is Swansea were, were a Premier League club. In terms of... That final, you come off the bench, Swansea win the game, um, go up, celebrations. See, because you know you're leaving, what are the celebrations like? Is it bittersweet in, in a sense? Yeah, I think with not starting as well, um, it wasn't wasn't that great. Um, it, it wasn't as nice as the one with Charlton. Charlton, when I started the game and we went and got uh, promoted, even though we was going to the Championship rather than the Premier League, uh, that felt better for me personally. Um, I enjoyed that one more. Uh, I remember in the bath after the game, the assistant come up to me and said, oh, right, you're going to stay, perhaps can you stay? Uh, in my mind, uh, I probably wanted to stay. Um, in other people's minds and other people's pockets, they didn't want me to stay. Uh, so I ended up uh, 
going uh, going on to Bolton and um, yeah, Bolton. I think at the time uh, I was going to Bolton and Bolton. I think they finished sixth or seventh in the Premier League that year. So I thought they'd probably have a better chance of staying in the league and uh, um, yeah, having a, a, a good fist of it with them. Before we talk about Bolton, I'm going to kind of put you on the spot with this mm. one. Um, it was a rumour at the time yeah. that Celtic were linked with you. Was that move ever close? Yeah, I think um, Neil Lennon was. Uh, Neil Lennon, um, I think he wanted me at the time. He wanted me to come up. But uh, at the time, we, we agreed with uh, with uh, Bolton. So um, we didn't end up speaking to Lennon. I think Lennon rang my agent when it was too late. So I uh, didn't end up going. But obviously, that would have been a massive club to go to sell it. Uh, yeah, if that was in the equation, then it could have been a different story. And, and in terms of Bolton, ultimately in the end, why did you choose Bolton? Like I said, the season before, they finished sixth or seventh in the, um, in the Premier League. Uh, Owen Coyle knew me from his days at Burnley um, when I used to play against them. Um, I knew they had some good players there. Obviously, Kevin Davis at the time was getting into the Indian team. Um, and everything looked great. I, I, I'll be honest with you, I didn't really see him play too much. I never went to the stadium. Never saw them live, so I didn't know how their style or what they, how they played, but I knew they were doing well. Um, and it was a massive club, massive club. They've been in the Premier League for 10 years. Um, so, yeah, I ended up going there. And don't get me wrong, I was uh, quadrupling my wages as well to go to Bowen. So, um, that was obviously a, a factor in it as well. And then, very open for, for, for um, acknowledging that. And in terms of going there... You mentioned earlier on, London boy, you'd been to Wales. What was it like moving up to, to, to the sort of Bolton, Manchester type area? Was that easy to adapt to? And again, was that a challenge at first? Uh, yeah, a bit of a challenge. I've never been up that way, to be honest. I've never been up uh, Manchester and that. So when all the boys used to say to me, oh, where are you living? It was Bolton because that's all I, I went up there to go and see Bolton and that's where the house is where I see it. I've never been to Manchester uh, on a night out or shopping. So I didn't know the area too well. Um, so yeah, I ended up staying in Bolton, but yeah, it was, a, it was different from Swansea. Swansea is a—I really enjoyed living in Swansea. It's a lovely place to go and live. Uh, I was down on the marina. Um, all the lads lived uh, within ten minutes with each other, so it was a tight knit group. And then I went up to uh, yeah, went up signed from Bolton, which I didn't know too much about to be fair. So um, I ended up staying in the hotel for a couple of days, and then. Ended up renting a, a house up there for uh, six or seven years. In terms of Owen Coyle, what was he like when you went in? Because as you had said, the season before you went in, Bolton were a club that were doing well in the Premier League. But I've interviewed Owen recently, and and obviously losing the likes of Gary Cahill and others was always going to have an impact in the end. Yeah, he lost a, a lot of good players. Obviously, Stuart Holden had a bad injury as well. Uh, who was doing well before the year before. Um, Gary, uh, Gary Cale, obviously, in England International. Um, Chungi was a big one. Lee Chungi uh, got injured in pre-season. And um, he's probably our best player. So, missing him was massive uh, when he first came in. But Cole, yeah, Cole was good. Cole was like... A, you, 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 you've interviewed Cole. He's like, he's like a PE teacher. Bubbly. Uh, <laughs> Um, sometimes in training they'd have more touches than the players who'd <laughs> join in and be crossing <laughs> and finishing uh, still, said he, still said he still thinks he can play but uh, 
Now, Coyle was uh, uh, man management wise, uh, everyone loved uh, Owen. Um, it wasn't as uh, like structured as, as in tactics and stuff like that. It was more about uh, being bubbly, enthusiasm, uh, wanting to play. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, Coyle, everyone loved Coyle. Um, he, was, he was like a PE teacher. He was like table tennis champion, snooker champion, uh, and used to join in training quite a lot. So. Uh, him and the boys, Sandy. I think Sandy as well was good, uh, and Steve Davis. So they were they were they were a good set of uh, coaches. Did he convert you to Iron Brew? <laughs> that was all over the training ground. To be fair, um, Iron Brew. Um, nah, he didn't convert me. But a lot of the boys were. That's all. Uh, that's all it used to be in the canteen and in the fridge. Sometimes uh, the Iron Brew. He did. Uh, he did. He did love his Iron Brew. <laughs> you mentioned earlier on in terms of Bolton, Kevin Davison. What was he like to play with? What was he like as a character? Because he was a player who I think was underappreciated for a lot of the time. I know he eventually got his England caps, but it took a while to get there for a player who he always he always caused the big teams trouble when they played against them. Yeah, he was a, he was someone that led by example. He wasn't a shout and brawler as a, as a captain. He was someone that would run around, put his foot in, give his all uh, every game, and that used to. Uh, spark the boys off um, them target men sometimes they they uh, they don't get the credit they deserve uh, if you ask a lot of the strikers um, who, who their best partners are is them big target men and like you said Kevin Davis sometimes is unappreciated um, but in terms of holding the ball up being the target man Coyle used to, Coyle used to love him you'd say that there ain't no, no better one than uh, him in the league so um, yeah and Rightly so, we've got his England, uh, his England uh, cap. In terms of that season at, at Bolton in the Premier League, it was a tough season for the club and with the injuries we talked about earlier, players moving on, etc. When the club goes down to the, to the Championship, the, the financial woes start to kick in. Owen leaves, Dougie Friedman comes in, um, Neil Lennon obviously takes charge and then Phil Parkinson. What was... What was that time at Bolton like when you were in the Championship and then League One and then bouncing back? Because the club were really struggling at times with money, weren't they? Yeah, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't great, to be honest. Um, I was surprised when I went in. They used, um, they used to have people drive your car 10 yards. Uh, you used to put up at the hotel and they'll drive it round. And I used to think, bloody hell, like, where are they getting the money for all this uh, sort of stuff? It, like, it was a bit over the top. Um, I know that was in the Premier League, but you don't. When you're driving into a car park, you don't need someone to drive your car from the hotel door round to a car parking space that you just drove past. So I used to think, well, it was a waste of money, to be honest. Um, and then little things come out; they used to overspend. Um, so yeah, it was tough. Um, the, the managers that come in, I think they're probably promised a bit more money than what they uh, thought they would get, to be honest. Um, Dougie, it was, Dougie, it was a big big thing for Dougie to leave uh, Crystal Palace at the time, and I think he'd been promised a bit more uh, bit more money, which he didn't get, and Lennon as well. I don't think Lennon would have probably took the job if he knew the, known the circumstances. But it was tough, because at Bolton at the time, a lot of the stuff from up in the offices that shouldn't come down into the, into the um, changing rooms did. A lot of the stuff, like all the goings on, who's taking over, we're not getting paid this week, and all that. And we'd have meetings, and then the then meetings would drag on, going on through the week. Oh, you don't know whether you're going to get paid, you don't know whether you're going to do this. And 
that that can have an effect uh, on the players, whether you think it think it or not. Um, there's a lot of negative uh, press going around the club at the time, and that was filtering into the change room. And uh, not saying that that was the main reason why the plight. Obviously, when we got relegated from the Premier League, we wasn't good enough over over a season. But the Championship, especially when um, the other owners and that coming, Ken Anderson and Lee Anderson, and all the stuff started to change. We got rid of the training ground. Um, that started to have a, a massive effect on everyone, and uh, it wasn't a nice place to be, to be honest. Um, and then towards the back end of that, I was captain of that as well. So I was um, in the changing room with the players, whether we'd go and strike because we wasn't getting paid, and then I'm having meetings with the managers, whether it's uh, Lennon or Parkinson, relaying the messages that they're not going to get paid, and that's difficult for anyone. Um, it's a difficult situation, and for a club that when I first joined in uh, was the way it was run and to the way it's finished and the way it is now, is uh, yeah, it's, 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 not, it's not great. You mentioned the training ground element there. Just describe that sort of scenario because when you've got a training ground that's of quality to then not use it must have been strange. Yeah, um, that, that was a big thing because at Swansea we used to share the training ground with um, the public, uh, David Lloyd Jim. So to go into Bolton where you've got your hot and cold baths, uh, all your recovery stuff, you've got a cryotherapy chamber, um, you have acupuncture man coming twice a week, you've got massage, you've got everyone you can think of. To then go sell that, I think we sold it to Wigan at the time for um, a silly amount. Um, and we go down to the other training ground where it's just a port cabin, there's your changing rooms, showers are cold, um, Obviously, the kitchen staff can't cook what they would usually cook because of, uh, they haven't got the equipment. It was a big, uh, big change. And um, where you're based all the time, your training ground, is your home, basically. So when it's not the same and it's not as good, um, that can have an effect on the, on the, uh, on the pitch. And, and also as well, not getting paid in any job. I mean, I work in education. If I was told I wasn't going to be paid for a month, you'd still do your job to the best of your ability but but at the same time subconsciously you're a human being if you're not getting paid to do the job that you're supposed to be getting paid for you can understand why some players heads aren't in it anymore in the sense that their head goes yeah uh yeah especially um for the young lads as well because the young lads are just starting off in their career getting having mortgages there's i think josh vella at the time uh, had a mortgage uh just got a house um, and he couldn't afford to, to pay it. He needed his money. He was relying on that. And he wasn't getting it. And I think he asked the PFA for a little bit of help at the time. And that went against him. I remember in one of the meetings uh, that was brought up, like, oh, and you've gone and asked the PFA for some money. And you're thinking, he needs it. He's a young boy. Um, at, just bought a house. He hasn't got a lot of money saved. And he needed that help. And that went against him. So, obviously, people are not privy to it. Obviously, we, we played, we, we worked down tools because that's your pride, your personal pride. Because oh, of course. No matter, where you, no matter if you're getting paid or not, um, it doesn't matter. Uh, you want to, like I said, personal pride, you want to do well, do well for the club. And we, uh, we, no one wants to go out and lose games, no matter if you're getting paid or not. But it did have an effect. Uh, young lads, some of them didn't have enough money to fill up car uh, petrol. And as footballers, well, not as footballers, as anyone, um, to ask someone, oh, can I borrow some money of you? It's hard for people, so people were struggling and they didn't want to stay. Um, 
And I think that got worse as it went along. I know as I left, um, obviously being down in League One uh, and in the Championship, it happened to him again, where a lot of the boys couldn't afford to come in. So um, it does have a massive effect on no matter who you are, because everyone's got bills. And uh, whether you're earning a stupid amount of money, your money might be going straight out into different things. So if you're not getting paid and you're relying on that money in your account, you've got to take your money back out of somewhere else. And that becomes a big problem. So um, it, had, it had a massive effect. And not only that, the, I think the manager as well, the manager had uh, things in his contract. His contract wasn't getting paid as well. Uh, I know Phil Parkinson at the time um, had a, uh, a clause to get a promotion bonus or whatever it was if he stayed in the league. He, he managed to get us promoted. And he, he never seemed to get his, uh, his money as well. And he kept it quiet because he wanted to keep it in house. Um, but I probably still don't know to this day whether he's got that back. And in, in the same terms, again, down to League One, was that a real, real worry for you as players and, and for the club in the sense that how they would have coped at that level? And, and at that point, as a senior player, taking over the captaincy, how tough is that when, when you know this club shouldn't be in League One. I really shouldn't have been in League One because I, I mean, I joined this club on the Premier League and I'm better than this. So how hard was that at mm. first? Yeah, it was hard, obviously. But everyone takes responsibility when you get relegated. Um, obviously, being captain that season as well, uh, it, it did affect me. It was hard. Um, when, you're, when you're captain of the club, which uh, has been relegated, you're probably the one who's going to get the most stick. So um, if things ain't going well, you're the one who's got to come out and uh, be a spokesperson if you like uh, for the team uh, if you get a bad result you've got to come out and apologise to the fans and I, I felt sometimes when you do that you set yourself up because no fan wants to hear that they don't want to hear an apology sometimes if, if it's not gone well um, but fans probably don't think that it probably well don't probably it does affect the players a lot more than it would themselves because it's their life um, we're living with it constantly you know, we take our job home. Uh, we want to do well, uh, and yeah, it was tough. But like you said, League One. When we went down to League One, we were everyone's cup final then in League One. Everyone wants to come to Bolton, the, the Macron Stadium, as it was at the time. Everyone wants to come there and do well. Um, but I think the best thing that the owners did at that time, to be honest, was uh, bringing the management staff that he did that knew the league and uh, managed to get out because uh, Phil Parkinson knows League One very well. And uh, if anyone can get out of that league, it was going to be him. You mentioned it would be him, and it was. In terms of him getting you out of the league that season, when you consider the constraints that were placed on the club financially, etc., just how good a job did he do? And, and how how important was the, were the likes of yourself in that dressing room to help him along the way? Yeah, but mainly uh, me, I was at the back end of that thing because I, I, I broke my leg. I think I broke my leg in the, at the start of that. Starting that season, so in the first game, yeah, first game, I broke my leg. Uh, um, the big striker, I can't think of his name, Leon, done me, he done my leg. So uh, I broke my leg. So uh, yeah, I was still in and around the boys, but um, the team spirit that year in League One was probably the best uh, team spirit we had uh, at the club uh, since I've been there uh, from the Premier League, the Championship. Everyone was together. Um, he brought in a real good squad of players um, that wanted to win and do well and uh, like I said he was the best man to do that and uh, I managed to get in, in the last 10 games of the season to get us over the line and um, from from then on 
the team spirit was great. It's probably the best I had since like Bolton. Like I said, when I was at Bolton, everyone lived everywhere. At Swansea, everyone was together. They all lived in Swansea. And uh, at Bolton, they lived in Manchester, Birmingham. So the team spirit wasn't that great. But in that, in that league, uh, in League One, when we got promoted, that was probably the best team spirit. We, we ended up going on a, a trip to uh, Dubai as a squad, uh, which was massive. And I think everyone come out there. Whereas um, in the Premier League, little things like Christmas party, everyone, you know, everyone's together for team spirit. I think we went to Dublin and there was, uh, I think there was about five or six of us who went and I couldn't believe that the whole squad wasn't there together because um, that is where you get your team spirit for little things like that on your, on your Christmas parties, you, you, you get togethers. And we had six or seven, I think, yeah, six or seven players there. And uh, that, that for me was strange, um, especially when you're in a, in a dogfight in the Premier League. Um, and you, this is your time of the year where you've got permission to go out, have a laugh with each other, get to know each other. And uh, yeah, there, there, wasn't, there wasn't that many players there. So that was probably a big factor in it as well. In terms of Bolton, we've talked there about the challenges. We've talked about your career as a whole so far. At the age you're at now, you're, you're 35. Mm. I'm not putting pressure on you to retire. But in the future, <laughs> are, you, are you thinking about coaching? Are you thinking about that side? Or are you going to work out with football? Yeah, I'm, I'm doing my coaching badges at the moment. Uh, started doing my uh, B uh, in-house at the club and training with the under-13s and under-10s at the moment. So I've really enjoyed that, to be fair. I didn't know whether I wanted to do that, but since I've gone in there, I've uh, really enjoyed it. So um, I've got another year left after this, which takes me to 36. So I'll see how I uh, hold up after that. I'm still quite fit, so I'll, I'll continue playing as long as I can. Um, so yeah, coaching could be an option or something completely different. I don't mind doing something completely different away from football as well. So. I'm open to any opportunities that, uh, that come around. Um, but yeah, I've been in the game a long time. And uh, like I said, I've just started doing the coaching and I've really enjoyed it. Absolutely. And I'd just like to finish with a few quick fire questions. First one being, favourite sport outside of football? Uh, badminton. I'm not the greatest at it, but I like badminton. Yeah, I like a bit of badminton when I used to play that. Uh, so yeah, I'll, I'll take that. Favourite music? Uh, all kinds to be honest hip hop R&B anything uh, classical anything I, I, I don't mind anything I'm, I'm an easy player with music favourite film uh, probably Catch Me If You Can Leonardo DiCaprio that's a good film uh, that I like yeah probably that I'll go for that Tear Coffee I'm a coffee man in the morning and then tea in the afternoon, so both. <laughs> beer or wine? Uh, I've never had wine, so beer. <laughs> yeah, never had it, never tried it. So, yeah, I have to go for beer. A few football ones for uh, you. Sorry? A few football ones for you, best player you've played with? Uh, so I didn't get that question. What was that, sorry? Uh, best players you've played with? Oh, best players or player? Uh, you decide. Um, I really enjoyed playing with uh, Leon Britton and Ferry Boat at Swansea um, Bolton probably Lee Chung Lee Mark Davis was a good player um, Charlton there's some good players good players on line Cullen 
good player. Uh, Big, good player. Carlon, Taylor. There's loads, there's a few, but if, if, if any, I'd say probably Leon and uh, Ferry Bodo. I love playing with them. Whenever I play with them, I feel I didn't think uh, we'd lose a game. Toughest direct opponent? Uh, it was a boy, probably Dean Hammond, when he was at um, Brighton. I was on loan at, um, loan at Brentford and we played Brighton. Uh, I actually got sent off in that game. Um, and I thought he was very good that day. Um, I think he went on to play in the Premier League or play for Leicester or whatever. But uh, at the time, that was my first loan spell. And I, I don't know if he played probably 100 games by then. But I thought he was very good at the time. And uh, I remember coming off that game thinking, well, I'm miles off it. Biggest character you've played with in your career so far? Biggest character? Ooh. Biggest character? Um, there was a few. Weeter was quite a big character. David Weeter, uh, big character. Lyle Taylor was a big character. Um, yeah, I'll go for big weeks. I'll go for big weeks. And the last question, if for any young players listening to this, what advice would you give them based on your playing career? Um, work hard and enjoy it. That's the main thing, enjoy it. Um, it's probably going to be ups and downs through your career. But the main thing, if you can play with a smile on your face, um, it goes a long way. So as long as you're enjoying doing what you do, um, I think that's the best thing. That's the best advice I, I, I believe in. You know, you've got to enjoy what you're doing, whether that's football or whatever. Um, enjoy. Brilliant. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for joining me, Darren. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. So we'll dive down to the ocean And we'll make our home in a deep sea cave And our shells will all be open They'll be filled with song, they'll be filled with song We'll dive down to the ocean And we'll make 